This is Self Work, and I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford. At Self Work, we'll discuss psychological and emotional issues common in today's world and what to do about them. I'm Dr. Margaret, and Self Work is a podcast dedicated to you taking just a few minutes today for your own self work. Hello, and thanks so much for joining me on Self Work today. I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford. I'm a clinical psychologist, and I've been in private practice for 25 years now. I practice here in Fayetteville, Arkansas, in fact. And I began podcasting two years ago because, one, I wanted to extend the walls of my practice to people who might be interested in therapy or be in therapy, but might want to hear the opinion of another psychologist or therapist, but also to people who might never darken the door of a psychologist. If you've tuned in, you also may have been diagnosed yourself with anxiety or depression for the first time, or you may be having real struggles in your relationship. So hopefully, some of the podcasts that I've done in the last two years would be helpful for you. It's quite a diverse bunch of podcasts, so I really try to keep the topics pretty varied. Today, we're going to be focusing on what you have control over when you're with family this holiday season. And I'll offer seven pretty frank and direct tips on how to manage your own emotions, your own responses. You know, we all hear the same tips over and over about not forgetting to maintain good self-care, don't eat every dessert you're offered, and watch your pocketbook so January doesn't arrive with a tremendous shock. But my suggestions are a little different, I hope. They're based on things that are going to hopefully work in the very moment you're involved with the holiday. These tips actually work whether it's the holidays or not. So you might want to listen in, even if you're not planning on spending the holidays with family. This episode is sponsored by Audible.com, and I found a book that I can guarantee will make you laugh, and sometimes that's exactly what we need to do in the holiday season. It's called Furiously Happy by Jenny Lawson, and I'll be talking more about that. Our listener email today is from someone who's writing that she loses her energy when she's not terribly busy or if she's not in a relationship. And actually, I'll throw a little French in for some fun. (laughs) Why not, right? So we're going to be talking about getting through the holidays. I hope you'll stick around and listen. One of the things that obviously a lot of my clients are talking about at this time of the year, they're anticipating the season. Some of them are looking forward to it. Some fear pure chaos. Some describe a family where there's an authoritarian rule. And then, of course, there's some who are estranged from their families to one whose families live far away. And there's just not an easy way to be together. So it's a real mixed bag of what I hear. Relatives fighting one another, swearing they won't come if so-and-so is there. Old wounds that are never resolved, that either creep or blast their way into the present. Or, of course, the family whose holiday is strictly planned, extremely orchestrated, with guilt to the hilt (laughs) and every spoon and dessert fork in place. Some families do manage to hit and even maintain a common ground, including a comfort level with each other that seems to abide. There may be issues in that family, but they're managed. So what's going on with all these people? 
It's lucky people who have families that are their go-to. Some of us definitely do not. Our families are all flawed because people are flawed. So many people actually in this season grieve the family that should or could have been while dealing with the family that is. Whether that means coping with serious problems or just irritating disappointments. Like every year, Aunt Jennifer will sip too much eggnog and say something nasty to you or worse, one of your children. Grandma will demand that all the family gather at her house when you would rather start holiday traditions in your own home. Cousin Jacob will show up unexpectedly right as you are about to take 20 minutes for yourself just to sit and visit. Your father-in-law will chide you without a thank you or a smile. You gave me too much food again. I can't eat that much. (laughs) All these situations happen, and they happen a lot every year. So what can you do to help you through? First of all, you can use an observer stance. Now, what do I mean by that? Think if you were going to write a paper on your family. And so basically, you enter the family environment subtly detached from the goings-on of the day, like you're a reporter. It's not that you're not involved or friendly, but you observe yourself and others, like you were going to write a couple of paragraphs, my family interactions at the holiday. It helps keep you more objective. You might notice, for example, that every time your brother talks, his wife leaves the room. Or you might notice that there are certain family members that focus on the children rather than getting involved in adult talk. We all have our coping strategies, right? And so if you take a little bit of an observer stance, it can help you not react as much emotionally. Number two is try not to over-personalize. Remind yourself of what you know about the people in your family that makes them act the way they do. That has nothing to do with you. For example, what do I know about my uncle that might cause him to not give me a hug, but that isn't about me? Maybe he's unhappy in his marriage. He may be depressed. But try to tell yourself something that's about him rather than making it about you. That's not over-personalizing. If you can answer that question, you're more likely to shrug off a hurtful behavior so it doesn't ruin your day or the entire get-together for you. It's also important this particular holiday for us here in the United States to recognize that we've been living in a culture where mutual respect for our differences has been strained. Several generations are often together during a holiday, and those generations may not see things eye to eye. People are coming home from living somewhere else, and so experiences with different environments can lead to diverse opinions. You can have an understanding in your family that religion and politics are too flammable to be discussed. Now, maybe you have a family who thrives on arguing about either one of those topics, but you need to respect your own family's limits. There can be another day to talk those things out. The third consideration is to check to see if your own reactions are suspect. Maybe you yourself are a little controlling or not very go with the flow. Maybe you're feeling bad about yourself, having a rough time, and are more sensitive at the moment. Maybe you're just plain exhausted. If you take responsibility for your own potential to take things the wrong way or be a little bit difficult, then your half of any problem will be much easier to admit. It's not easy to accept that you're perhaps the link between conflict with others, 
but holding up an honest mirror to yourself can be very helpful. Here's number four. Please give up on the perfect Facebook holiday. Just have the holiday that will be meaningful to you. Maybe you'll see that someone else took their whole family to Costa Rica or another went rock climbing. That's all well and good and more power to them. But you know, staying and playing a great word game or eating cookie dough together has just as much sticking power. In fact, maybe more. Because you're not having to do something together. You're simply being together. I see more and more people who are losing their own sense of self-esteem and self-worth because of what they see on social media. I have a 20-something as a patient. In fact, I have several of those. And she was laughing the other day about how her Instagram makes her look like she is just deliriously happy. And I'm treating her for depression. So you just don't want to believe everything you see. Now, before we go on, I want to mention the offer from Audible.com. I want to tell you that other advertisers have approached me, both on my blog and here on the podcast, but I've never said yes to any of them until Audible.com came along because I think it's a good deal for you. What it entails is that you can join at audibletrial.com slash selfwork. That's audible, T-R-I-A-L dot com slash self-work. You'll get Audible services for one month for free and you'll get a new book, something that you can choose yourself. I'm suggesting a book by Jenny Lawson, who is the blogess, who is hilarious, and her book is called Furiously Happy. I promise you that it will make you laugh. I got up really early the other morning and was giggling in the chair when my husband came down. He goes, what are you reading? Then if you don't particularly want to continue with Audible, you can always cancel and keep your book. Just in case some of you do this, I want you to know that I'm also donating anything that I might make off of this to St. Jude's Hospital in Memphis. It's a children's hospital dedicated to treating cancer patients and All their services are free. They put parents up for free. They treat children for no money because of all the donations that come in. They're able to do that. So it's a win for you, and it's a win for St. Jude's Hospital. I hope you'll consider it. Now, back to our list. So far, we've said use an observer stance. Don't overpersonalize. Realize if your own reactions may be just a little suspect. And don't buy into the perfect Facebook holiday or Instagram or Snap. Here's number five. Look for the good. You know, I hear about a lot of problems in the world as a therapist, but most folks get up in the morning with the intent to live their lives the best they can that day. If you focus on what's good about people, then that will grow in your mind. You may be able to notice those things and enjoy the relationship more. Now, there are definitely exceptions to this. People with sociopathic or abusive behaviors, those that seem to live to manipulate or deride others, or those that have addictions that are out of control. If you have someone like this in your family, there is a problem that is much more significant than a simple holiday disappointment. You might, in fact, want to reach out and talk to someone like a therapist who could help you figure out a strategy for some kind of action so you can protect yourself and your children. I know of families, for example, that have had to uninvite 
someone with these kinds of problems from their holiday celebration. It's very, very tough to do that, especially if it's a son or a daughter or a parent. There may very well be tough limits to draw, but it's also an example of a natural consequence to their behavior. So look for the good, but if you have someone that truly ruins and sabotages holidays, you might want to talk with your family about a course of action. Number six is hang out with your family of choice. You know, our friends are our family of choice, the one you've created all on your own. They can often provide what your family of origin won't or isn't capable of offering. If you can absorb those things from your good friends, then whatever pain or issue you have with your biological family will not feel as intense, disappointing perhaps, but not as hurtful. I've talked in other podcasts about trying to distinguish between whether someone is withholding a behavior from you or if they're simply not capable of giving it to you in the first place. This is an important distinction with family because you can become very resentful if you believe they're withholding something. But if they don't have any to give, then some of your anger may dissipate. And here's the last one. If you're lonely or are estranged from family, call on that family of choice. Have a Friendsgiving or volunteer somewhere where your being there will be appreciated. It's what you can do about it. But don't wait until it's two days before the holiday and everyone's plans are made. Make a plan now. So you really want to plan ahead so that you take care of yourself and get some enjoyment from a holiday that maybe you were dreading. And just a reminder, breathe, be mindful, love where you can, enjoy what there is to enjoy, and relax just a little. Our listener email today is from someone who wants to understand more about her own relationship patterns. She happens to be French. And I was a French major in school, so I'm going to try to speak a little bit. <laughs> I could write it better than I could speak it. But anyway, just a sentence or two. I've been listening to your podcast episodes for a few months now. I come back to them often, and they help a lot. I listen to them again when I need it and hear or focus on different words or phrases depending on what I need at the time and where I am in my journey. I love it. And I love that she uses it this way. Today, I want to address something that I haven't really heard in your podcast and was wondering if you could talk about it. Here's the situation. It's hard for me to find balance and to find my own kind of frame to my life. That's when she tells me that French is her first language, and so she's wondering if that translates well, which it does. When I'm really busy, like having two jobs, or if I meet someone and feel so many things at once, I get super organized, proactive, and focused. Because if I don't take care of my responsibilities now, I won't get to do them at all. But if I have time to breathe, if things get slower, if I have to finally leave that second job, or if I stop being in that consuming relationship, then it gets very hard for me to do anything that I feel I have to do. Like at work, for example, or cleaning my apartment, you know, stuff that should be part of your normal rhythm that I should be glad I have time for, to do it right and how I like it and put effort to do it well and go deeper. 
But it's like I don't know how to find my rhythm anymore when I'm not crazy busy. Does that make any sense? So I said, ça va, which means, how's it going? C'est très important à moi que vous avez maigri. J'habitais à Paris maintenant il y a beaucoup de ans et j'ai oublié la plupart de la grammaire que j'ai connue. <laughs> My apologies to all you French people out there. <laughs> What I told her was, it's very important to me that you've written. I lived in Paris many years ago now and I've forgotten most of the grammar that I knew. Okay, that's it. I thought that'd be a little fun. I continue writing. Okay, whew. most of that is probably wrong, but that was fun. Thank you for your kind words about self-work. I love doing it, so I'm always so happy to hear that it's meaningful to others. Here's my first thought about your question. It sounds as if when others are counting on you, either someone at your job or someone in a relationship, you're quite energetic and a real go-getter. It may be about not truly knowing how to structure self-care into your schedule. Your energy vanishes when it's you that you have to consider. So in one sense, it's not the busyness of your life that keeps you going. It's the fact that that busyness is about pleasing other people. The work in front of you may be how to learn about caring for yourself rather than focusing on the needs or expectations of others all the time. I don't know your history, obviously, but there are probably clues there for you to consider. Somewhere you learned that your role was to be there for others and to show up. Your use of the word consuming to me was a giveaway. Why is the relationship so consuming rather than enjoyable? Do you attract people who know how to give to you rather than you to them all the time? I hope this is helpful to you. It's a great question. And I'll add it to my list to do a whole episode on how to learn to care for yourself. Sometimes you have to take small steps first and then move on. One other thought. It might also be that when you get quiet, you may have some underlying depression that takes hold and saps your energy. It could be that you distract yourself from it when others need you. You might want to look at the episodes on perfectly hidden depression to see if you identify with that. Take good care. I thought this was a very interesting email because actually people pleasers are often those whose focus is completely external rather than being on their own needs, their own wants, their own expectations. I'm sure there are many others of you out there who this could be helpful for. I want to thank you today for tuning in to Self Work. I absolutely love doing this podcast, and I'm hearing from more and more of you. I want to personally thank the people who've left written reviews on iTunes. One says, love your show. How about the depression associated with losing a business after 13 years? Please talk about that. Wow, that's a lot of grief there. And then someone else writes, hooked after one episode, insightful and calming, but so informative about so many different aspects of mental health. I'm new to identifying myself as having anxiety and have found this podcast extremely helpful and non-judgmental. Thank you for all you're doing and saying. You betcha. So please write me at AskDrMargaret at DrMargaretRutherford.com. That's where I get the listener emails from, and they are all confidential. You can just tell me if you do not want your question read on the program, and I won't. 
Please know that more and more of you are writing me, so it may take me a little longer to get back with you, but certainly write me because I will return your email. There are lots of other ways to connect with me. I have a new Facebook group, and we've almost got 400 participants at this point. You can join at facebook.com slash groups slash self-work. That's facebook.com slash groups slash self-work. Don't worry, I'm not going to sell you anything. (laughs) We're just there to support one another. Or my website is drmargaretrutherford.com. I've been blogging for six years, so there are hundreds of posts, and surely one of them might be helpful to you. You can subscribe there, and you'll receive a weekly newsletter with both my weekly podcast and my weekly blog post. So that's a really easy way to continue listening to self-work, and if you're a reader, to enjoy or learn from what I'm writing about that particular week. But it truly means so much to me. You have my gratitude. Thank you for all the people who have subscribed also to self-work, wherever you listen, because that means that I know you're waiting for next week's episode, and that is incredibly meaningful to me. So thank you very, very much. I hope these tips have been helpful to you and may just give you some ideas about how to better enjoy your holidays, but also just your family in general. So thanks for listening. Take very good care. I'm Dr. Margaret, and this has been Self Work.